0: what I have seen is people unhappy because they're not feeling valued. They're not getting paid their worth. And that creates discontent, unhappiness, jealousy, all these negative feelings that then pour out into your being and pour out into your work product at your company.
1: Welcome back Magic makers, this is Kelsey Foremost, your host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. And today we are talking about raising your worth, your self-worth, and your net worth. In particular, we are speaking with Crystal Ware, who is really redefining what it means to raise your worth. She has a podcast called Get Clear with Crystal Ware. And I was on that recently and really loved my conversation with her so much that I wanted to invite her here on Find Your Magic to share her expertise in particular about negotiating your salary. There is a lot of talk in the ether right now about jobs, um, scarcity, the economy, And I really want to make sure that I am also speaking to those of you who still have traditional jobs or who are looking for traditional jobs to fund your creative endeavors and your projects and your side hustles. I totally understand that entrepreneurship, full-time entrepreneurship is not feasible for everyone in every season. But I also want you to be supported in asking for as much money as possible and getting as much money as possible if you are in a place where you are either renegotiating your salary or you are looking to move somewhere else. So I brought Crystal on because we really wanted to talk about kind of getting to the root of why it's so hard for women to talk about money. We are speaking mostly to women in this episode, how to... Figure out the data points that you need to walk into a meeting with HR or leadership and essentially show them why you are worth more. I am really excited about this conversation because it's not one that really that I come across uh, frequently. So I was kind of learning alongside y'all with this one, and I really, really think that Crystal is a great speaker as well. She puts things in really crystal clear terms, (laughs) crystal clear, no pun intended, but she is also building a course right now, and I'm really, really pleased to bring her on this podcast and introduce her to you all. So please welcome Crystal Ware. To Find Your Magic. Welcome, Crystal Ware. I am really excited to get you on Find Your Magic, Crystal, because the pod squad doesn't yet know that we've been in each other's orbits for probably about a month now. And I have just absolutely loved working with you and hearing more about your mission to really get women talking about not just money, but worth and ideas around worth. Because And I'd love to just start there because I feel like so many people listening to this will be able to immediately identify with wanting more money and not even realizing how much sort of internalized, would you call it shame? What would you call it? Like, what makes us so reluctant, especially as women, to talk about money and worth?
0: I think it's kind of twofold is what I always think about is the real genesis, the reasons behind it. One, as a culture, America just doesn't talk about money, right? It's like taboo. We're taught don't talk about money. Don't ask about money. Your parents don't answer answer questions about money. And then I think the secondary piece of it is that we don't do a good job of like supporting and promoting the value that a woman staying home brings to the table, and that doesn't really correlate in our minds to value and um, adding to the pie of what's going on in the home life or the baseline of our um, wealth and income. And so when we think about the first job of women was, you know, caregivers, um, homemakers, um, back into history, you know, what was the value of that? And so I think that's kind of just, you know, internalized in us this diminishment of what we are worth. Mm. And then when you co- couple that and compound that with the fact that we just don't talk about money, um, women don't get comfortable asking for money or talking about it or you know trying to assess what other people are making and what that should be um, in relation to what their skills are. So I think those are the real true, the two foundational factors that we have going against us.
1: Oh my gosh. I even felt a little bit triggered when you said like figuring out what other people make. It's like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, that feels so rude. And yeah. even just the fact that I associate the word rude with wondering what somebody's salary is. Like if I think about... You know, I sort of have gone in and out of corporate land, right? Like I have worked for companies. I have worked for myself. I have been a freelancer. I have been on salary. I've experienced kind of every side of getting paid. I have never really thought about it, but I've never had a problem with somebody knowing what I make. Yeah. So why do I feel rude asking someone straight up, well, what do you make?
0: Yeah. It's just that uncomfortable, direct question. And again, I think it comes back from our parents and other people around us, not wanting to talk about it with us and making it seem like it's this uncomfortable thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask myself, how did I get so comfortable with it? And I think it was the fact that when I was in law school, you just know what the top tier law firms are paying because it's posted. It's like Mm -hmm. out there for anybody to see. So you can kind of do a quick, you know, back of the hand calculation. If you have been practicing for three or four years and you get some kind of cola or plus, what could they be making after a few years? I mean, it's just kind of more out there. And so that made me more comfortable kind of asking around, well, what are you making? And what were the offers? Or, and so I just felt comfortable talking about it because it was kind of out there. And when we were all graduating law school, people were kind of all trying to figure out what is the market value? What is the market value now and for my skills and for this size of a law firm? Um, so I think that just put me naturally uh, more at ease uh, because the starting pay was out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, God, that's so true. Just the power of information and the power of sharing with mm-hmm. each other. Because in a way, this idea of being rude has sort of kept us small, right? It's kept us from demanding more money or more value in the world,
0: which is <laughs> pretty convenient
1: <laughs> if you think about it
0: for society. Absolutely, and and I I would so I don't forget to mention this um, in almost every state that you know there is no law against asking what your counterparts make. Of course, companies would prefer that you are not totally publicizing it, but they cannot penalize you for that. So it's kind of up to you if you want to ask or if you want to share. Um, and I will say I am not totally comfortable saying exactly what I make, but talking around it. Mm-hmm. I am happy to talk, you know, big picture items. So I'm I'm not, I'm not diminishing that. Or if other people want to have some privacy about it, I think there's mm-hmm. a way that you can talk about it. And one of the tips that I like to give people a lot is don't ask somebody directly, "What do you make right now?" Say, "Oh, what was your job paying?" Or "What was the kind of pay scale for your position at your last job?"
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: people are much more comfortable to share something that was a past experience or something that kind of feels removed from them now. Mm-hmm. But that can still give you a big idea of what, you know, may be going on in the market.
1: Yeah. God, that's a great tip, Crystal. And one thing that a mentor of mine really helped me with in my job application process was he said, you can always ask for the range. Like that is a very, like very accepted practice to say what is the range for this role, Mm -hmm. um, which they have to give you that information. So instead of saying what you think you're worth, because usually, Mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong here, people, women especially tend to undervalue themselves. Absolutely. So instead of saying, well, I think I like this much an hour, is that okay? Um, Versus being like, well, you tell me your range and I'll tell you if that's a
0: fit for me. Yep. Yep. And I, especially, and you can do that when you're like, not when you're, you know, interviewing for a new job, but when you're actually looking for potentially asking more than your cost of living adjustment and annual review or for a new position at your same company, sometimes it's shrouded in mystery Bigger companies actually will often post bans and job ranges on their internet, and it won't necessarily be easy to find, but it will be out there, especially publicly traded companies that are under rules and regulations. And usually you should be able to ask HR too. I have been told by some people that HR under no circumstances would give banned ranges Uh, for certain job categories, but I have not found that to be true for the most part that if you ask specific and direct questions, they will usually answer them. Mm. Obviously, they cannot tell what other people are making in specific roles, but they can tell you what general idea of ranges are for a job category or job code. And so that's also a way that you can kind of like Cry around if you don't want to ask your colleagues directly. But asking questions is the most important piece of the puzzle. Trying to figure out, you know, where you are and then asking for what your value is once you've established what you feel it should be. That I love and, that. You, you know, people tell you all the time, it's like you don't ask, you don't get. You don't ask, you don't get. If, yes, whatever you don't ask for the answer is going to be no, because you did not even try. So <laughs> you know,
1: ask. Uh, I Okay. I love starting there. And my nerdy writer brain mm-hmm. just came up with a sort of mental image that maybe listeners can start to imagine in their mind with us as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into your expertise, which is worth right? This isn't just a conversation about money. This is a conversation about worth. So we're going to get deeper. And because asking questions is the key, I have this image of you, Crystal, with a shovel. And on that shovel is the word questions. And sort of at the top of the surface level, there are questions like what we were just talking about, right? Like asking about pay ranges in general asking about cost of living adjustments there are these like really specific questions that are sort of at the surface what are some other questions that we can take our shovel and get a little bit deeper to start to think about that journey from surface of changing your salary mm-hmm. to adjusting your feelings about money to even deeper starting to think about how much you value yourself.
0: Yeah. No yeah. big, and, no big deal. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and, it, and it's a total transformation, right? And and I think that's what's beautiful about the negotiation process when you're entering into employment, whether you're a consultant and you're negotiating for your fee or for something like that, it, you know, this can apply more broadly than just a corporate person asking or negotiating their salary for um, you know a traditional job. But once you're engaged in that process, I think the transformation is so large, it has a huge impact on your life in ways that are really hard to understand until you engage in it. I think that what I have seen is people unhappy because they're not feeling valued, they're not getting paid their worth, and that creates discontent, unhappiness, jealousy, all these negative feelings that then pour out into your being and pour out into your work product at your company. But you got to get at the heart of the issue and it's that one, let's be clear, your, your, your total person as a, you know, you being valued as a person is not just your salary. Correct. But when it comes to your job value, that's the piece of it because it says, hey, we think you're worth X. We value what you bring to the table. To get there and to get to the alignment of what you think it is and what your employer sees, all these questions that you're talking about, these questions are vital. So, you know, one, we've got to start with, do I have some challenges when it comes to asking or advocating for myself? Hmm. If the answer is yes, and probably for 60 to 70% of people, the answer is going to be yes, if you're being really honest with yourself then you have to ask yourself, where are these, you know, issues coming from? Yeah. And how can I get beyond them? And that's where some self-reflection has to take place. Mm, we're taking you, our shovel. We're digging yes. deeper y'all. And once you start uncovering those things and getting more comfortable about, or, or I don't even say comfortable because you don't have to be super comfortable to do this. You just That's have a, to do it. <laughs> I actually would love to pause there
1: because yes, what a freaking relief because like the, as you said, it's a huge transformation, right? Like just having that level set of knowing, look, I'm probably not going to get super comfy walking in, in my power blazer being like, pay me all of the big bucks, right? If right. I have these challenges, however, I can take steps to, I have just a hunch here, like calm my nervous system, Mm -hmm. right? Surrounding these questions, doing some deeper self-reflection, maybe doing, I know affirmations really work well for me, but I love the idea that you don't have to wait to be confident Mm -mm. to start asking these questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can, and you can do some other things to help your confidence, but some people are just not naturally going to be comfortable kicking their boots up as we would say in Texas and just demanding mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. Okay. Some people are just never going to be that person. And the brilliant thing is even if you're uncomfortable and, and, and we all know, you know, that are, that are probably listening to podcasts, you're growth oriented person, you're looking for change, you're looking for something different. That's why you're here listening to the podcast. You don't grow living in the comfortable. You grow in the discomfort. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you if you work with me or you go through my course or do any of these things that you're just going to feel so comfortable doing this and that it's just going to be second nature. No, you still have to push yourself. But the thing is, you can prepare yourself and you can just do it. And then once you do it, you will find transformation because it will seep out in everything. But the, the other parts... That you have to focus on, and this is where some a level, some a level of comfort—I mean, not comfort, confidence—should develop mm-hmm. in asking the questions around what is the market value for this position in this geography or different things like that, and putting together some ideas, some ranges on your own mm-hmm. of what is reasonable to ask for, and then asking questions about what is your experience, what are your accomplishments, what is your seniority, your tenure, whatever. And how do those factor into you know, what the normal market value may be? Is it slightly above? Is it slightly below? Is it way above? Um, and then ask yourself how I can communicate these mm-hmm. to best position and market, personal marketing. I know you and I have talked about this a little bit, but yes. you know, building your own personal reputation and personal brand. How are you going to communicate that? That is yes. Kelsey's, uh, you know, <laughs> birthday over here, copywriting.
1: You're it's speaking like, my language, Crystal. But I, I do think that is, okay, I, I don't want to gloss over what you just said, because there was so much gold there about, like, it's like there are external factors in the market at large. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you guys, this isn't just for traditional jobs, quote unquote. No. This is for if you are a freelancer. This is for if you are a coach, a solopreneur, um, someone who offers a specific service. This applies no matter who you are. So I want to go back to the gold that you just shared, Crystal, which was there are these external things about what is the market look like in general for the thing that you are offering then there are the sort of like turning of the dials like the little adjustments according to who you as the provider of that service knowledge or product are your years of expertise how difficult it is to acquire the knowledge to do what you do Um, I mean, you shared so many wonderful things. I just wish I could hit rewind in real time and re-listen to it. But it's, I think that's really important to highlight that it's both, like it's both and it's not just what does the world think this is worth? It's taking yourself into account.
0: If you're thinking about it in the context of, you know, a box of available money, Mm -hmm. the market is kind of what is available, And your skills will lead you where in that availability should you be? And there is some definite subjectivity where you can feel you are worth, you know, 10%, 15% more than maybe all these things culminate on paper to show, or you may feel like for some reason you're not quite there. So you're slightly below. So there's definite subjectivity in there, but that's where you know, the negotiating comes in. That's where your confidence, that's where how you pitch yourself comes in mm-hmm. and how you are able to communicate what your success is, what your skills are to another person and do it succinctly. I think when people start talking too much, like it's like they're trying to bolster up. And so just saying, you know, here's my experience, here's what I've done. You know, of course my resume says XYZ blah, blah, blah. Boom. That's it. And (laughs) it comes to talking about the money. You don't have to continue to talk. You don't have to continue to try to sell yourself. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that works against you. Yes. Um, So
1: that's so true. That's such a, uh, that's actually a copywriting principle, right? It's much more difficult to write something short, sweet, and accurate and memorable than it is to Write a 20 page essay that gives you all the time in the world to explain your thought process. The thing about marketing and copywriting and personal branding, as Crystal said, is being able to, first of all, feel and own your value in your own body and your own self, but then quickly communicate that value to whomever you are speaking with, whomever you're, whoever is blessed to pay you for your Mm -hmm. expertise. So let's talk for a second about that personal branding piece. How do you see personal brand affect negotiating?
0: I think it is so important and so underrated. I mean, I know, um, I may have told you this. I'm not sure, but I had been on. I've been on LinkedIn for a long, long time. I don't remember exactly what year it came out, but I'm sure I was on there pretty early. Um, and I would not accept people's connection that I didn't actually know in real life or had not had a real, meaningful, you know, conversation or meeting with. When I started using it, I was like, "Oh my god, all those connections out the window!" <laughs> because when you're out there like that, and in a space like LinkedIn, you know. You have the opportunity on a routine basis to share wins, to share accomplishments, to share you know expertise, knowledge, all these wonderful things that put you as a um, you know affect your personal branding. So when recruiters call you, when employers call you, they can go back and look at it, or maybe they've been connected to you for a while. It creates a frame of reference on how they view you before you even meet them or talk to them in person. The same can be said at your company, how you hold yourself out, how you address people in emails within your company will impact, you know, what people talk about during your annual review, how your boss views you and maybe how his boss views them, depending on what the structure is in approving raises or promotions. Hmm. So all of it can Impact you. It may be varied by the organization you're with, or with the industry you're in, or how you work on LinkedIn. But I'll tell you a very quick story. That I knew a guy that was an amazing in-house young in-house assistant general counsel or something like that. So amazing on LinkedIn, had really funny memes and other lawyer things that he shared. Funny and insightful. And in that process, he was recruited to work for a digital business that, you know, specialized in legal services. And he got some interesting job as, um, you know, like, uh, I don't even remember, like community manager or something uh, yeah. for social media. And it was all because of what he had created as a personal brand. And it totally, totally. fit what it was. And they just came and asked him about it. So yeah. personal branding, I think, can go far. And it's just, are you starting at the true starting line? Mm -hmm. Are you starting behind the starting line because you have been too quiet, too hidden? People don't really know you. Or maybe you're diminishing all your accomplishments as the year is going on. Or are you starting way out in front of the pack because you are leading with your value and your skills?
1: Mm -hmm. Gosh, I love this. So First of all, y'all, if you need some help with personal branding <laughs> when it comes to negotiating um, or seeing where you fit in the job market, please call Crystal, um, DM her, get listen to her podcast, Get Clear with Crystal Ware, um, and all of these will be in the show notes below. By the way, but if you are unclear, if you're listening to that and going like, wait, a personal brand on LinkedIn, uh, what what does that mean? I just want to um, Briefly discuss personal branding before I move on to my final sort of questions for Crystal, which is think of your personal brand as like when people think of you, what's the first thing they feel? Right? What is the thing that people turn to you for? What problem do they have? And they go, you know who I should call? Crystal. So, like for me, if I ever was in any kind of situation where I was gonna need to negotiate a, a big contract or something, Crystal is my first call. Um, if I need to talk about influencer marketing, my friend Jesse Grossman is my first call. There are people who are my first call for certain questions. That is the beginning of the foundation of a personal brand. If you think of it that way, instead of like what color is the banner on my on my page? You know, I mean, that's part of it too. But think about how you want people to talk about you when you're not in the room and how you want people to feel when they see your name pop up in their inbox. That's the beginnings of personal branding. And if you want to, you know, dial in the message, give Crystal a call.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and I would say, you know, um, well, and certainly with your websites, with your copy, everything, that's exactly what you do, Kelsey, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but that I just can't tell people enough how you can start this early, early in your career. It's so important to think about what do you want to be known for? And it doesn't have to be like you you don't have to be an entrepreneur or solopreneur or have your own business to do that. You can have a personal brand at your company with your internal clients. If it's a huge company or a small company, a midsize company, but you can be the person that people go to when they have a question that doesn't fit in other boxes. You can be the marketing person. You can be the idea person. You could be the support person, the person I go to when I'm having interpersonal skill issues. There can be all this value that you can add subtly um, that, you know, can brand who you are and how you're seen and how people engage with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to just be thoughtful about. And I did a natural job of that, but I became more aware of it in the last five or seven years and was able to start really thinking about how I wanted to be viewed and the benefits or negatives that come with that.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And just to not to dwell on the negatives, but to think about it at least, right? Like exactly. Is there something that maybe you shouldn't be posting or um emailing or slacking? Slack was a big that was a personal <laughs> lesson for me of like Slack is not text. <laughs> Slack is not happy hour at the bar. Yeah. And coworkers do not equal personal friends. Uh, uh, usually. Right. So yeah, just think about like, will this come back to bite me in the butt later? If it will, maybe just don't do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Keep it for a phone call, which I know nowadays is like not that common, right? Everybody's texting or emailing. It's like, if you have something to say, do not send it in a voice message. Don't put it in writing. So one thing I'm like, you know, just, I I only practiced truly practiced law for a year or two. um, And then it just wove into what I did. Um, But that's the one, one of the main takeaways that I have is like, I don't put stuff in writing if it's questionable. I don't put it in writing. I don't want it to be discoverable. I don't want to, oopsie, send some snarky email and then it goes to the wrong person and I look like an (laughs) a-hole. So just put it in writing. Also, don't be snarky, but okay, we all have to be snarky sometimes. And we all got to get in it right sometimes. Just
1: don't put it in writing, says yes. the lawyer. Take it yes. from the lawyer. Yes. I also love that you called it discoverable. It's so <laughs> funny. It makes me want to like watch a trial drama. Oh. Okay, last topic. I want to talk more about the self-worth piece because I know this is something that's deeply important to you, Crystal, with your mission. And it's not just about money. It's about happiness. And so I would love for you to share your thoughts on that. Cause I know that that's a big part of what you do.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people and it, it actually, one of my LinkedIn posts last week in the last couple of days, I talked about a mid-year review because, you know, type A people, especially I am guilty of this myself. You get, here we are almost halfway through the year and you're like, where have I, what, where's the time gone? What have I done? What have I accomplished? You don't know where you've been until you see, you know, where you're going. Or maybe I have that backwards. Anyway, I'm not always good at euphemisms, but, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. you've got to we look get backwards to see where you've gone and what, you know, where you've hit. So sometimes yeah. it's as simple as just writing things down mm-hmm. and to see your self-worth, you need to give yourself credit. You need to pat yourself on the back. You do amazing things. I have no doubt that everybody listening has wonderful things that they've accomplished. Whether they have a huge monetary value or a small monetary value, there is worth in all that you are doing. And you need to own that. And you need to let other people see that. And when you do, you will feel better. Patting yourself on the back is not bragging. You can be humble and still share your successes. And if people report to you, they're going to appreciate that you are bragging on the team, which includes you, because it makes them look good as well. Um, So working on small things like that, don't diminish your accomplishments. We need to bolster them. We need to share them. Your male colleagues are not being shy about sharing that they showed up at work on time. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they are going to Be excited about every little thing that they did and share it. Ah. You
1: should too. I saw a while ago a (laughs) meme. I don't know who it originally came from, but it was like, God grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Yes. ever since then, I'm like, (laughs) yes. Like instead of the serenity prayer, like anytime I walked into a work negotiation or a work presentation it was just god grant me this grant me the confidence of a mediocre
0: white male cis male thanks (laughs) it's so true as much as it's like laughable it's it's so true and not to hate on
1: any of our male listeners like i'm sorry it's just it was a funny meme and of course everyone is welcome and everyone is loved and everyone deserves confidence
0: (laughs) but it's just true there are there, there are definite you know, DNA differences and it just, you know, that's what we have to, we, you know, there can be reality and like, you know, admitting what the differences are in feminism and saying, this is where I need to be conscientious and pull myself up. And knowing that other people, you know, the opposite sex is more predisposed, to bolstering themselves up, bragging, all this kind of stuff, whether or not it was warranted. Um, <laughs> and that we too can do it in a way that, you know, is just putting ourselves on an even playing field. Yeah. Yes, and accurate. And once you let yourself believe that you are accomplishing things and you see what you're accomplishing, you can work on communicating that to others. And then the real transformation, I believe, happens when you advocate on your own behalf and you get what you ask for or close to it. There is a huge transformation in self-belief, self-worth and happiness that comes through everything that you're doing. And it's not just the money, Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Your life will feel better. You will be happier and it will be such a subtle shift, but so meaningful And I think that is a really important thing because our self-worth does to a degree impact our net worth. And I want women to be as wealthy as they want to be. And that means we got to ask and we got to plan and we got to figure out how we get there, but it doesn't, you know, people aren't just sitting around waiting to give out bags of money, whether you're a male or a woman, you have
1: to ask (laughs) (laughs) and the men are asking. Yeah. God, that's so true. Crystal. I mean, what you just said about The happiness piece, I think back to, okay. So I had the exact same business, Magic Words Copywriting. And in the middle, so I started my business like New Year's Day, Jan 1, 2018. And then I was building it for like a year. And in that first year, I hadn't had any experience and I didn't feel super confident. And I was like making excuses and apologizing and undercharging, overworking, you name it, I did it like everything wrong. And I burnt out real quick. And I was broke. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So what Crystal is talking about, it's not, it's so hugely important to your overall like depths of your soul well-being to ask yourself these questions and to start charging what you're worth owning your worth and getting like a little by little more comfortable each time with just declaring and owning like this is what I charge or this is my desired salary and and this is the last thing I want you to talk about saying no if it doesn't align with what you have decided.
0: Yes. And that is a huge mindset shift. And believe me, I am from a super working class um, background where at times we just barely were getting by. Um, And that's no knock. Um, I loved my childhood. I had a wonderful childhood, but it's just reality. And so I have still have to work through that. Sometimes that scarcity mindset, and that is where the deviations usually come from is people saying, I'm going to be rejected. So if you're talking about in the sense of a job negotiation, if I ask for too much, they're going to reject me. Girl or boy, if you ask for too much and they reject you, it wasn't the right place. They weren't going to value the way that you value you. And so it's better to know that right up front. And the same thing when it comes to, uh, for your example, in building your own business and consulting or doing something else, um, entrepreneurial, Um, When you're just starting out and you don't necessarily have built-in clients, there's this fear of like, when is it going to come? I've now maybe left my job Mm -hmm. and I need some income and I'm just going to go out there and get it. But the workload is the same. So if you're charging $10 or $100, usually the workload is not that much different. And I think you know, there's no scientific study about this, but most people that have been in some kind of service-oriented role will say that the cheaper clients are usually the more difficult and demanding more,
1: Most ones. demanding clients I've ever had are the ones who paid me peanuts. Yes. Like and I'm not alone
0: in that. You're so yeah, right. Yes, it, it, like everybody says that and so you just have to understand and if you're not comfortable moving in that space like start it as a side business or find a way to make it work. Um my first podcast guest when she started her business which is now 10 million in revenue She, what did she do? I think she worked or her husband like picked up shifts at the grocery store. I don't know. It was something like that seemed outlandish that since she was like a VP at a company before that. But she said, I'm just going to do what it takes and make so I don't feel uncomfortable with money as my business is building up. And Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of ways to skin that cat that you can come up with creatively. But taking on clients that aren't a fit for you is going to cause you a lot of stress. And it's just like when people tell you what to expect when you're having a baby and you just poo-poo it because you don't really know until you have a baby. It's <laughs> it's still going to be hard for you to understand that until you experience it. That's but so true. You,
1: <laughs> That's I'm a good so analogy. You
0: that <laughs> if you listen to that and you find a way so that you don't feel stressed or desperate for money and find the right clients for you, you're going to feel more comfortable. If you feel that you're launching a digital course or a class or something and you feel that it should be $79.99, but I'm afraid that people aren't going to come, so now I'm going to charge $29.99, don't. Don't don't. do it.
1: Oh my God, don't do it. Go with (laughs) your (laughs) guts. Well, speaking of courses, I want to now turn the the tables on you and say, first of all, follow Crystal on LinkedIn. She's got so much value. She's at crystalware, W-A-R-E and again links in the show notes but tell us about if if you're open to talking about it cuz it's yeah. new it hasn't been birthed into the world yet but I'm really excited so tell us a little bit about what you've been working on behind
0: the scenes so we will be launching my first course which will basically give you the roadmap and the blueprint to walk through all of these steps and stages in preparing yourself to negotiate a new job or an annual review or a new job within your same company, and the, those that can still work for you know pricing a product or a digital product or you know sales or whatever else, but it will lead you through the entire gamut of what you need to know, you know the areas that you need to be careful of, to be aware of, how to prepare yourself for the negotiation, how to. Compare to job offers to make sure that you're looking at it holistically and not just based on salary because there's so many other components. Oh, so and true. It will lead you to, you know, growing, I would say on a conservative number, 10 to 15% in your salary, if not 20 to 30. I um, just actually helped a friend who was already at a, it, you, it. It's hard to get big, huge raises when you're at the high end, but I still helped a friend who's a VP recently. And she ended up with a 14% raise. And that was on a significant six figure salary already. So I mean, you know, I think the course is really going to be transformational and helping women build wealth, um, which waterfalls outward, you know, what you make um, has a compounding effect for every year of your working life. So it's it's never too soon to get started. And that should be launching sometime in in August or September.
1: That's so exciting. And in the meantime, people can join your amazing newsletter um, on your website. Why don't you tell the people where to find you? What's your website, Crystal?
0: Absolutely. I'm at crystalwaremedia.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at crystalware underscore get clear. Um, and like Kelsey said, on LinkedIn, I'm very active on uh, LinkedIn and new to Instagram. And we'll just be adding to the newsletter every few weeks as we grow that and see how that takes shape. And sometime in the future, if you're on the newsletter, we will be working on some kind of membership as well. So, so plenty of interesting exciting. things to support women. I feel very passionate about it. We've got to close the wage gap. It's incumbent on us as the askers to do it. And I know that we can do it with the right uh, mindset, with the right uh, support. And I am very passionate about that.
1: Yay, me too. Oh, I feel like Rosie <laughs> right now. Well, thank you so much for being here, Crystal. And you guys, Crystal is also just a really generous spirit. If you have, if you heard this episode and you wanna ask her a question, DM her on Instagram, go to her website. She's a wealth of information Um I highly, highly encourage you to connect with her and to listen to her podcast, Get Clear, um, which I think my episode
0: is coming very soon. Yep, it should be out in June. I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but it should (laughs) be be coming out very soon. Yes, yes, yes. So check it out because it was so wonderful talking to you on my podcast as well.
1: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here for this conversation of Find Your Magic. And I think the way we'll sign this one off is don't just find your magic, uh, find your money. Money,
0: yes. Oh, (laughs) great minds. Thanks for having me, Kelsey.
1: Take care. All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to find your magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.